What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma, standing more than six feet away from me electronically because he has to fold clothes and do chores during the podcast is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Well, thanks. You know, first, I want to say thank you to Brandon for, um, you know, letting everybody know what I'm doing, you know, so... Well, we just want to make it clear if the studio audience is listening back to make sure you weren't lying that you did fold your clothes. You can play this back. I'm a good little boy. You can play this back by the time you go pick her up. The podcast maybe will be live and you can be like, look, I was folding clothes. Brandon said so. Exactly. And whatever Brandon says is true, right? Uh, well, according to the studio audience, it's the complete opposite. I'm always exactly. wrong. Well, no, no, you're no, 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 no. You're no, always no, no. wrong. Yes. Mary's always right. Yes. I'm sometimes kind of always wrong, but then sometimes yeah. right. You're like one out of 10 and I'm zero out of 10. So anyways, Dominic, you have some, you have some, uh, some good news to share with the people, right? You're, you're, uh, moving on in your career from Osh, unfortunately. I mean, I, I am somewhat, I mean, by the way, if you could insert like, like a real somber song, you know, like, you know, little audio trickery would be amazing, but yes, I'm moving on to greener pastures as I will be a, technician of sorts for a it's a little little tiny you know mom and dad ran company called at&t so you know so if you live in the east bay and you have at&t and something happens you might have dominic hobson at your front porch which don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but we're gonna have to stay tuned and find out which by the way you know don't no autographs sorry yeah no autographs you gotta you gotta pay for those things now let's get into it first this isn't wrestling or uh, sports related, but RIP DMX. He was in rough shape for like a week, and then we thought he died yesterday. He didn't. He's still fighting, but unfortunately, he did pass away today. So, rest up, DMX. RIP. Gonna bump, bump some Rough Rider anthem and some other shit like that. I know Dominic, huge, huge DMX fan. Hey, I know more than the studio audience. She was like, Who, "Who's that guy? That is he dead? The D DXM or?" XMD, she said something, something like that. And I remember uh, I, I gave her the, 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 okay, it's this, this is one of his famous, most famous songs. She's like, never heard of it. I'm like, okay, what about this one? Never heard of it. I'm like, oh my fucking God. And then I played, uh, I think it is the Rough Rider anthem. And she's like, oh, him. I'm like, yes, Mary. Shit. So, you know, but, you know, Brandon, we should shed light on a bigger tragedy and that is prince philip you know like he's you know Not to be confused with philip from the bullet cast completely yeah exactly. different person completely different i mean wait does he refer to himself as prince philip i don't know but maybe he will now that the uh the OG real prince Pri philip yeah yeah maybe now that he's gone he has to take over the moniker i mean he has I mean, like 20 different nicknames but why not have 21 i mean hey i think i think uh i think he can own it but um but yeah you know dmx prince philip r.i.p both great people. Prince Philip, a little bit better, though. Oh, okay. All righty then, Dom. Coming in with the hot takes. If you show the studio audience that you've folded clothes, just stop right after that because then you bury her about not knowing DMX. It's okay. 
It's okay. But we have MLB week one overreactions to get to. Just because we might overreact to some things doesn't mean that the start to the season will look like the end of the season. We're just going to run through the standings, maybe talk about some news and notes from all the different teams. Now let's get into it on the AL side of things. We're going to go from east to west as we normally do. We got the Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles at four and three. So right now, the two bottom dwellers that everyone thought about is at the top. Seven games for everyone except for the Rays. They have played six games. Fairly close division right now. It's only the first week. So obviously, a lot of the divisions will be close, except for maybe the American League on the west side. But we're not going to talk about that right now. So Dominic, your thoughts right now, Red Sox, Orioles. I know it's only a week into the season, but over 500 Red Sox beating the Rays Orioles struggling against the Yankees, but they got one. And then they also uh, swept the Red Sox. So, you know, the two teams that started off the season, they're still at the top of the division. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't I put the Orioles like somewhere like, like doing all right? I can't remember. It was last week. God, it's such a long, long time ago. If only we had like a way to record <laughs> and to like stamp where, like what in time we said when that happened. If only we had something like that. Like I Do know techno- technology isn't the like isn't at its tip top form right now, but maybe like somewhere in the future, maybe like audio wise, like you can record something and you can like save it for a later date so you can like kind of remember what you said. But until that remarkable invention you. happens. We will uh, just talk on this on this podcast. But, I really hate you. Uh, really the Yankees you. and Blue Jays and the Rays down at the bottom. I have full and utter faith that all three of those teams will still be perfectly fine. The Blue Jays, I, I still am a little weary about how good they actually can be. George Springer out, Kirby Yates out. That's definitely going to hurt them. But, uh, yeah, I think the quote-unquote favorites are at the bottom of the division right now, but – I don't see that happening for much longer. The Yankees, they're, you know, getting their stride. John Carlo had a rough start to the season. He had a big grand slam. Aaron Judge looking like he's coming into form. So maybe the Rays is one to worry about a little bit. They are two and four. But the Yankees, I don't see them struggle. I mean, they might struggle. It's a long season, but I think they will be at the top of the division. All things are set and done. I mean, I thinking about it. Yankees should be fine as long as they stay healthy. That's been the ongoing thing for the past couple of seasons is as long as they stay healthy, they are a force. So, you know, I think the Yankees would be fine. Blue Jays just got to get some shit situated, but watch out for the Orioles. I, I got a feeling they're going to be sneaky good this whole season. I'm not going to say they're, they're going to be first or second, but they might, they might sneak into that wild card. Watch out for those Orioles. But uh, shout out Trey Mancini. He came back from cancer, colon cancer. The Orioles had their home opener. I believe they had it yesterday. Standing ovation. Shout out to him. Hopefully he bounces back and has a great season. Then going on to the central, standing the top at five and two is the Minnesota Twins. A lot of people kind of saw it that way. And then Dominic, who's sitting in second place at a three and three, 500 record? The Indians? I don't know. No, it's your 2021 World Series champion, Detroit Tigers. Oh, I'm not even fucking paying attention to the Central. Sorry. I mean, you said the Cleveland Indians, so you knew it was in the Central. Uh, I mean, that that was just because I was like, 
you know, just naming a fucking team off the top of my head. Good job, Dominic. But yes, the Twins standing atop the division. Watch out, Byron Buxton. He looks like he's starting the season off real hot, getting some dingers. He got uh, fabulous defensive ability out there in center field, very, very fast. So watch out, Byron Buxton, a possibility as an MVP candidate going forward. Uh, we got a big old group of teams in the middle, Tigers, Royals, and White Sox all at four and four. White Sox, at, you know, they are kind of mashing the ball, but also that bullpen is really kind of hurting them a little bit. They aren't even able to get it to their star closer, Liam Hendricks, in the ninth inning. They had some runs and some leads kind of dwindled in the seventh and eighth before they can turn it over to Liam. But a uh, shout out Lance Lynn, more mass equals gas. He had a CG shut piece yesterday. So possibly they can, if you don't got to turn it over to the bullpen, they should be fine. I told you, spring training champion, Kansas City Royals. They are also at three and three. I mean, not, nothing really to say here. The Tigers, Dominic, my, he might be on a new trend. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series like he does. But in this uh, central division where everyone kind of seems like they're at the uh, on the same page, White Sox and Twins possibly a step above, but with the Tigers, Royals, and Indians, I think kind of all in that same vein, they can maybe stockpile some wins and make a run in that three seed, but then somehow make it in the three seed, but then they're going to make it the wild card and then make it all the way uh, to the World Series. God, you're just fucking rambling, man. Jeez. Well, I was told that somebody was going to be busy folding clothes, well, so I'm, I have I'm, to carry I can fold the pod- a couple things and then, you know, bring the mic back to my mouth, man. Jeez. God. What I was going to say, and I see, lost my train of thought because you got me rambling now. You're, I was going on the Tigers. I was kind of burying you because the Tigers are going to be the third place team, but then they're going to be able to, uh, maybe the White Sox will come out with some sort of cheating scandal. So then they're axed from the wild card spots and then the Detroit Tigers jump start them and they get in. Okay. Okay. Shut it now. Well, yeah. But what I was just going to say was, you know, the, the Tigers definitely are a team to look out for, like I've been saying. But one thing that, you know, I'm sure you're going to bury me, but every central division this season is going to be that neck and neck race. And, you know, I, I think, I think the Tigers are going to be able, is going to be the one that's going to sneak out for, uh, for the, for the American league. Can we get, can we get one as we uh, exit the central Dominic? You know what I want? Go Tigers. Now let's move on to the American League West. <clears throat> the Astros stand atop at six and one. The Angels at five and two. So they are just right there with the Astros. A lot of people have the Angels, including Dominic, being, I think, I don't know if Dominic has them winning the division, but definitely making it to the playoffs. And then we get the Rangers at three and three, the Mariners at three and four Uh and all the way down at the bottom at one and seven is the Oakland athletics. Thank God the Dodgers decided to trot out their B team on the Wednesday day game or else the A's might be sitting here at zero and eight. Good God, Dominic, (laughs) what the fuck is happening? This is the A's of normal for me. I mean, you know, when I was a Giants fan, you know, this, this this was the normal normal A's game, A season. You start off real shitty, you get a little hot in the middle of the middle of the season, and then if you're lucky, 
you kind of ride weird win streaks throughout the rest of the season. He might sneak a wild card, but you know, this is, they're definitely, they, they got to figure out what the hell's going on. I don't know if it's pitching, if it's batting, whatever the fuck it, I mean, to me, it's all around. Everything's an issue, but they need to fucking fix it quick because you know, this, it doesn't take much to get fall too far behind in this league. So. I mean, we're only a week into the season and the A's are already five and a half games back by far and away the worst record in at least the American league. I'm going to check the national league real quick. They are in the same vein as the pirates and the Marlins who only have one win, but both of them are one and six. So the A's have the worst record in major league baseball. That is great to see. I know I didn't pick them to win the division or even make the playoffs wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but I obviously thought they were going to be much, much better than this. They had a decent spring. I mean, they won a lot of games. Matt Olson on fire. And if you're going to start the season playing the worst baseball possibly in the majors, when you're going to go up against the Astros and the Dodgers, the Dodgers by far and away, I think the best team in the league. And the Astros arguably second place, definitely top five. I mean, good God. And then they, they got two more games to play with them. Luckily, it's not a back-to-back four-game series with the Astros. They get a weird off day on Sunday. But the A's, I put more stock into the hitting because the first few games, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I guess that entire Astros series, they were giving up a lot of runs. But it, if you're giving up eight runs, even if you're scoring one run, you know you're not going to be able to out-hit the Astros even with one run. You're going to need some magical powers to hold the Astros to no runs. And the A's lineup is just god-awful. Mitch Moreland, Elvis Andrews. I mean, Elvis Andrews, I already kind of knew that was a downgrade for Marcus Simeon. And even when Marcus Simeon had a down year last year, he wasn't this bad. Matt Chapman had a had a little bright spot on that Wednesday game. He had a home run and a single. Hopefully he can get back into form. Matt Olson. I forget exactly his hip, his lower half is barking a little bit. The A's are been bitten by the injury bug. AJ Puck gets brought up and then he goes down again. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal, he just got put on the 60 day DL because he got some sort of elbow condition. I don't even know what the fuck it is, but he's going to be gone for 60 days, possibly the entire season. I know people are kind of calling for Darren Bush's job, the hitting coach. I mean, I kind of got to agree with them. I know you're facing the Dodgers and the Astros but fuck you're supposed to be in the division lead. Like you're supposed to be fighting for a division and you can't even put like five hits, let alone five runs on the board against these guys. Like what the hell is going on? But how do you blame that on the hitting coach? He's not the one fucking hitting. Yeah. But the approach is terrible. The runners in scoring position. I know Ray Fossey beats this into the ground because every single time we get runners in scoring position, I feel like it's a strikeout. It's, you know, it's always like with two outs, runners in scoring position, they can't even get a hit, let alone a hit to score a run. And it's just one after another after another. And I don't want to put too much stock into it, but one in seven, you're behind the Astros. The Astros looking like they're going to be back into, into form. How Jose Altuve doesn't look like he's going to have another down year compared to last year. And Mike Trout, I mean, good God on the angels. We all know he's the best player in the world, but he is starting the season off on a fire with a fucking bang. Literally. Yeah. He's got a bang scholarship scholarship or sponsorship. Maybe, maybe, but Brandon, the A's terrible. Yes. Yes. I know. And Shohei Otani thus far, 
doing pretty damn well. I mean, the statistic that they showed on Sunday night baseball, where he has the fastest fastball clocked in for a starter and he had the hardest hit ball in the majors is just mind blowing. Now I think someone topped that with the hard hitness after that, but I mean, Shohei, hopefully he stays healthy because if he can, he is a fun watch. Now over to the national league, we got those fighting Phillies standing atop the NL East at five and one having a comfortable two game lead over the second place Mets. And then the nationals and the Marlins each have one win and the Braves are two and four nationals, a little bit of a wonky schedule because of the COVID situation. They've only played three games, but Dominic, I was a little down on the Phillies, but they they've come out five and one to start the season. Are they legit? No, I definitely don't think so. They, I want to say they have a track record of, you know, having potential and being like, oh, wow, they finally got all this shit together. And then come to the end of the season, they're choking big time. I'm a little higher on the Phillies than Dominic. I don't think that they're going to continue this hot streak that the entire season. The Braves, they're going to bounce back. They're going to be better than what they are. The Nationals. I mean, it's a tough division. Even the even the Mariners or Marlins, whatever the fuck their names are. You know, they got they got good young players. They're gonna play tough throughout the season. But the the Mar- Marlins, Marlins, they're the Marlins. I know they're both fishes, both in the ocean. One's a mariner and one's a marlin. We're talking about the Marlins. You fucking idiot. Anyways, the Marlins. I think they're gonna be a tough play throughout the entire season. The Phillies bullpen hasn't imploded yet. Will it? Possibly, but with the Mets, Braves kind of lackluster Mets two and two Braves two and four. I still believe in the Braves. They are my world series champions. So I got to stick with my team and hope that they can rebound. Then over to the central. Mr. X, I know you must be happy. The Reds standing the top. I didn't think they would do this. They are five and one half game up on the five and two Cardinals. The Reds are absolutely fucking mashing the ball. We, I talked about you know losing Trevor Bauer. That's going to hurt them. The starting pitching, the pitching in general, isn't going to be that good, but that lineup is still stacked, and they are hitting the ball like they should, and Dominic, the mailman, has arrived. Well, because the mailman has arrived, I will give my two cents, and Mr. X, I hope this doesn't ruin our relationship, but don't get comfortable with the Reds sitting on top because just like last year, you have all this hope, all this... You know, like, oh, my God, they're actually going to fucking do something. And then it's all going to go down, down the drain because it's the fucking Reds. So Reds aren't going to be doing much. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw them at the bottom. I'm not going to say they're going to go from top to bottom, but they're going to be that middle card and they're going to just just get beat out for the wild card. So, I, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but the Reds aren't going to be doing much better this year. It's really hard to see the Reds keep up this momentum throughout 162. But this was kind of what I was banking on last year when I thought they'd win the pennant is that they have the stud pitching and the the hitting is going to show up. Now the hitting was streaky at times. I mean, they were one of the hottest teams in baseball at times, but then they're also one of the coldest at times. So right now they're on a hot streak. Can they keep it that way? Possibly. And with this division with the Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, and then, those lonely, lonely pirates down at the bottom. 
it's going to be, as you kind of said, in the central, it's going to be both central divisions are going to be a fun watch because there's kind of a, a grouping of teams that you can possibly see them win. I, I mean, I think I put, I think I put the Reds in third place. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I do know I put the Cardinals and the Brewers, I think above them and the Cubs are going to be the Cubs. They're at four and three right now. They're, they're doing perfectly fine. I think they had a series with the pirates. So maybe that kind of inflates their, their uh, schedule or their record a tad bit brewers three and four started the season off with a fun walk-off win. I mean, I mean, I'm a a little worrisome that they're going to continue their struggles this year. Then let's go over to the West, the Dodgers and the Padres. What we thought they are one and two in that division. Dodgers five and two Padres four and three Dominic's former team, the Dodgers or the Giants three and three, the Rockies Dominic's uh, new favorite NOS team. They're three and four and, uh, Madison Bumgarner and the Diamondbacks all the way at the bottom at two and five. Oh, kind of what the normal people expected, but Dominic is a normal no, Rockies no. Str- struggling a little bit. They did open the Dodgers won that first game. Did. They dropped the next couple games, but uh, Dominic, your thoughts on the, uh, on the West. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. You get you, Dodgers, you know, Padres, um, you know, oddly enough, I think the Giants have the opportunity to do something this year. It just matters of, you know, kind kind of what revolves around with the issue with the A's is they have to get when you have runners in scoring position, you need to get them in. So it's kind of the same same issue. The Giants just happen to be able to produce when necessary. But you know, I might have to eat my words about the Rockies. Damn, a week into the season, Dominic already eating his words. Giants have their home opener today, so possibly a nice little home stand could help them get their bearings. Uh, the Padres, they are 4-3. and three. They're doing fine right now, but the big news is the face of baseball. Fernando Tatis goes down on the 10-day IL with a shoulder inflammation, I believe. Kind of a weird play, swinging a miss. He goes down hurting. I kind of caught the tail end, so I didn't exactly see uh, what he was grabbing at, but it's a shoulder. I think the shoulder was barking a little bit in spring training. Only 10 days, but a little worrisome to start the season and have your start player down on the on the DL or IL. Sorry. I mean, didn't I say this when he signed that extension or whatever was most what's going to happen is he's going to fucking get hurt and it's going to ruin his year. So I don't want to say I fucking told you so, but, you know, told you so hoping it's not going to be that big of an issue you know shoulder is i believe his left shoulder is the issue so that's not gonna hurt his throwing ability fingers crossed but i mean you never know when you got one thing hurting you kind of put some extra emphasis on something else you get the elbow maybe the wrist god forbid he goes down with like a Corey seager injury and he's got to get tommy john as a shortstop i mean not knock on wood hopefully that doesn't happen but the Dodgers and the Padres, both are loaded. The Dodgers, they're going to keep doing Dodger things. I mean, Trevor Bauer. Oh, well, we got to – that's a great transition. Talking about Trevor Bauer, we're going to talk about Trevor Bauer's balls. Now, we've been at the forefront of MLB's sticky situation, and it came out yesterday. Trevor Bauer pitched on that Wednesday B-Squad game against the Athletics. The actually won that game, struggled a little bit, but they actually won. So, thank God they won. But the uh, MLB, I guess, has taken a look and they took out 
a lot of Trevor Bauer's baseballs for inspection. Apparently there was uh, a sticky substance or something or another. It's kind of come out. Trevor Bauer has strongly uh, gone against that. He's kind of said, oh, it's just clickbaity headlines, yada, yada, yada. Trevor Bauer has done videos on this issue and he's kind of explained, you know, his thoughts on it and exactly the convoluted mess that this whole foreign substance issue is. And it just is kind of weird and, you know, kind of uh, a coincidence, I would say, that the face of this is the first guy to be named and to possibly be under scrutiny for this situation. I want to say I don't believe it, but I mean, it, 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 oddly enough, I'm one of those people that, you know, but, you know, I wouldn't believe, you know, if someone who's outspoken about it, I feel like he would be the first one to get caught doing it. So I, 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 you know, I would like to, you know, read into this, see what happens. But the way, I mean, he kind of talks about it is like everybody, not everybody, but you know, some players will do it and they have other different issues. And I mean, when it's first game of the season, second start, maybe he can't, you know, that Rockies start where he had like six no hit innings, maybe they raised some red flags, but he was just the NL Cy Young winner. I mean, he's going to be pretty good. I know he struggled a tad bit in spring, but Trevor Bauer, hot take, is kind of good at pitching. Now, I'm a Trevor Bauer fan. You know, I like his content. I like his presence on social media. He he did kind of come across as a kind of a douchebag, I got to say, in his little response to that. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Now, let's move on to the NFL. We don't have really that much news to talk about. This is going to be the last sports topic, unless we got some questions from Mr. X, which I assume we do. So it's going to be a more wrestling-centric podcast because don't even heard, Dominic, WrestleMania is this weekend. But before we talk about that, we get another quarterback on the move. Sam Darnold from, gets moved from the New York Jets over to the Carolina Panthers. Carolina gave up the 2021 uh, sixth-round pick and then the 2022 second and fourth-round pick. So they get a sixth, second, and fourth-rounder for Sam Darnold. It was kind of well-known that the Jets were shopping him. The Jets hold that number two pick. Carolina also possibly in the market for a new uh, quarterback. They sit, I believe, at eight. They still have Teddy Bridgewater. News has come out that they are willing to shop Teddy. I don't know what you can exactly get for him. Maybe they deal him at the at the trade or at the uh, draft. But Dominic, your thoughts on Sam Darnold now going to Carolina? I'm going to have to say that, I mean, I understand why they got rid of him or shopped him, whatever you want to say it, but to me, Teddy way better than Sam. So I, I I would feel unless you're trying to draft somebody you've had your eye on, I don't see why they would shop Teddy for anything else and go with Sam Darnold. Um, you know, it, good for the Jets. Carolina, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but I mean, Brandon, I will ask you the stupid question. Who's better, Teddy or Sam? I know this might be my USC bias, but I do believe Sam Darnold is a better quarterback. He was in the Jets. He was with uh, whatever the fuck his name is, the, the idiot over there. And we've seen people who come out of his system thrive when they leave. Like, look at Ryan Tannehill. He leaves uh, Miami, goes to Tennessee, and he's been balling pretty much. I know he has a good core group of people around him, but Sam going to Carolina – isn't exactly the same move as going to Tennessee that has, you know, AJ Brown and uh, Corey Davis, you know, 
Derek Henry and everything like that. They don't have those types of weapons. They do have possibly the best player in Christian McCaffrey, but yet, you know, a, a suspect offensive line. That was almost, that was also the issue in the jets. So he's definitely going to a better scenario in Carolina, but I don't know if he's going to thrive right off the bat. And Teddy, I mean, I just feel like Sam is kind of better at everything that, that Teddy does. Like neither one of them are really efficient runners. I think Sam better throwing the ball. And when he was in USC, he thrived, go to the jets. A lot of people, that's where their careers go to die. And Sam, apparently he was shopped around and there were some other teams interested in him. Maybe Carolina offered their richest prize. And I think on both sides, this was about an even trade. Maybe overall the jets won a little bit because they get, they're going to get their, their quarterback at the number two spot. And then they're going to get three more picks. And I know six, second and fourth aren't exactly the sexiest picks. Second, maybe you can get something special there, but uh, if they pick Justin Fields or that guy out of BYU, I mean, there's so many quarterbacks laden in this draft. And if Carolina was looking for a quarterback and they don't think that they'll get one of the top guys by eight, that just kind of shows you what kind of draft we're going to be looking at this season with so many quarterbacks and so many teams in that top 10 looking for quarterbacks. So basically what you're saying is it's going to be a great, great football season for both the Jets and the Panthers. I don't know about the Jets. I could see the uh, the Panthers getting a little bit of success. It is hard for them in that division with the Saints. Don't know what they're going to be without Drew Brees and the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Bucks, who pretty much are just going to bring the exact same team back next year. It's going to be tough for them, but... I mean, overall, good trade. I think, as I said, the Jets are ultimately going to win out. Hopefully, that uh, quarterback they draft, whoever it's going to be, not Trevor Lawrence, because Trevor Lawrence, I believe, is going to go to the Hagwires, but they have the pick of the litter after that. And it's kind of weird. I, I think I saw something that where every single quarterback, like taking the top five in the past, whatever, few, like five, six years, the only person who's on their original team is Baker Mayfield. Which kind of shows you, you take a quarterback super duper high, it's not going to pan out. Even Baker has had his issues. So, I don't know. It's the Jets. Jets the are going to Jets. Jets are going to Jet. Now, that does it for the sports. Let's go over to the mailbag where the fans or a fan, just one sometimes, but not today. We got fans. We got multiple people asking questions, Dominic. So it's time for. <clears throat> Wait. No, okay. It is time for Mr. X's questions of the week. Man. Fans. Wow. Friends. Whatever. Bum. Fuck you. Okay. Whatever. All right. Mr. Mr. X, if that is your real name, uh, he says hello, which, Brandon, I want to point out. Howdy. He is. A really nice person. He always says hello, how you doing? You know, not a lot of other people do that nowadays. They usually, they just send in their questions. They're just not like you know. They're just like, well, what do you think about this? He actually says hello, how you doing? So I appreciate that. All right. <clears throat> so he says, how about them red legs? Get it? Red legs? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, my new hero, Nick. Okay, I got this. I got this. Nick Castellanos. 
close. We're looking for Castellanos. The L's are yeah. silent. Oh, okay, okay. And company are playing great right now. Is this a good omen of things to come? Also, the newly dubbed Red Sparrow, Jonathan India, is my early pick for Rookie of the Year. Brandon, is he a good candidate? Or, you know, you guys going to shit all over that? Be honest, haven't seen too much of him, so I can't comment on the Rookie of the Year. Have seen Nick Castellanos. I mean, he is just absolutely fired up, standing over uh, whatever the pitcher, Yachty, whoever the fuck it was, just like yelling. And then he gets suspended for two games. I mean, he's a god. And then he mashes a home run the next day, epic bat flip, yelling. I mean, he's a he's a dude, and I love it. We already talked about the Reds. If they can stay on this track and they can just mash ten runs a game, they can if they can out hit their kind of subpar pitching, they'll be fine. Now, do I expect them to keep it up that long? No. If they can keep, if I mean, if they score however many you know eight runs in ninety plus games, then they'll have a shot. But that's just an unlikely expectation to have. Can they do it? Possibly. But I don't expect them to do it. Okay. Okay. Moving on. We have an NFL question, which we didn't really cover. So good thing he asked it. Could the sad and tragic shooting involving former NFL player Philip Adams possibly be linked to CTE? I know we've we've talked about CTE and, you know, the issues and how, you know, it could really 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 screw up some people but um brandon what do you i mean do you know anything about this i know about the instant i haven't kind of looked into exactly what happened what his personal life is like and everything like that but i mean obviously when someone just goes and does something so appalling so tragic like that you got to look at their their mind and exactly what state they're in first thing that comes to mind is chris benoit obviously he was just like a toxic cocktail of drugs and brain injuries and you know anger so that's what kind of came to mind and i don't know if they're gonna look at him if they're gonna do anything but uh yeah i mean if it comes out i mean we see even college players have traces of ct so if there's gonna be an nfl player who had somewhat of a lengthy career more than likely he especially on the defensive end he's gonna have some issues yeah and that that's one thing that I don't know. I mean, you brought it up how some college players have it, but I mean, these, these high schoolers, you know, I'll leave that it. Are... Like, I played, I only played high school for one season and I definitely know I got at least one concussion. And I mean, I, I didn't play any football and I know I have multiple concussions. So, you know, that, you know, you want, you want, you want to start, you know, bragging, geez. Um, anyway, well, you know, when I was in village and I was playing, I was like 10 and Marcos, you know, threw like a 90 mile an hour fastball right on my dome. It cracked my childhood helmet open. Definitely got a concussion there. And my mommy was in the dugout trying to help me. I was like, mom, fuck off. I don't need you. I'll be fine. If I remember correctly, you were crying like a little bitch. I don't cry. Like I'm pretty sure that was you. Actually, no, I got a double off of Marcos. Thank you very much. You want to start bragging. I doubled off that motherfucker. Is that the only hit you had the entire season? Is that is that your all-star season when you're just fucking on fire? No. No, see, I could hit. I just couldn't run because my fucking short little stubby legs can't run that fast. But whatever. Let, 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 let's get off this tangent. You're a Pablo um, Sandoval before Pablo Sandoval, damn it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so he was thinking about how the NFL doesn't have a really proper minor league system to develop players like the MLB or NHL. If they had something like this, could it have helped out players like Johnny Manziel 
RG3 who were built up as future superstars coming out of college. NFL's minor league system is college football. And it's kind of hard. You can, I mean, they had whatever the NFL Europe back in the early 2000s and the 90s. That didn't exactly work out. But we are seeing with the XFL, uh, they have some, you know, other lower level teams or things that if you go to a different league, maybe hone your skills or kind of showcase against different talent, then possibly get a second chance. But the way college is and how much money and everything like that, that's pretty much a minor league system already. So, yeah, eh, that's about right. All right. That's it for La Sportsa. Let's go into some wrestling. Okay. Let's see. You ready for this? <laughs> All right. What do you think about coming to the stage? You asshole. Come on. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. What do you think about Tanahashi saying that Brock Lesnar is a selfish wrestler in the ring by how dominant he's booked in his matches? He also went into saying that Brock only cares about getting paid and not putting on a show for the fans. 100% agree with that statement, Brandon. Hey, wrestling's a business. If you can get paid millions of dollars to barely do anything, more power to you. I understand where Tanahashi's coming from, from his anger. Brock Lesnar's run in New Japan, not very good. They put the title on him, and then he doesn't really do anything after that. So I understand where Tanahashi can be a little salty with Brock, but I've always got, I've always been a Brock Lesnar defender. But I, I do got to say, you know, his, his last run, I don't know what you would classify it, like not exactly when he came back at WrestleMania 28, but kind of, you know, the past five years, kind of after he re-signed WrestleMania 31-ish. Like he had the Suplex City run. That was fun, but then kind of, Kind of got boring, maybe like after WrestleMania 32 with the Dean Ambrose debacle. So I can see where he's coming from, but I've always said like Brock Lesnar is one of the best wrestlers, best wrestling talents that's ever stepped in the ring. Well, but you also said if he actually wants to put effort in, it can be one hell of a fucking show. But it feels like the only way he's really, you know, but he's not asked to do anything else. If Vince tells him to, you know, let's let's try something different. So let's do this. Let's do that. I don't not think he's going to do it. I, I'm not going to say he's going to agree to it, but maybe if he switches it up a little bit. I mean, if Brock were to come back as a baby face against Roman, he can still do like the same kind of moves, but change up just a tad bit. I, I mean, guess. I think that can that can be a lot of fun, but okay. I get how people like don't like Brock and everything like that. But well, I mean, I don't like. It's not that I don't like him. I just feel like, you know, it's always the same. Sh- well, yeah, it's always the same shit. It's he comes back, he kicks ass, takes his na- takes his money, and goes home, and then comes back six months later and just repeats. It's like, you know. But like you said, if he changes up a little bit, I'm sure it'd be fine. But uh, let's get to the second to last question, as known as the penultimate question. Mr. Tomatonga posted on Twitter that it looks like Moxley could use some help, followed by a gif of the G.O.D. Could we somehow possibly see them in an AEW anytime soon or at all? Well, apparently the forbidden door is open. I think that's just kind of Tomatonga having some fun with it. You got the Bullet Club. I mean, you could do like a Bullet Club, Bullet Club 
you know, feud, something like that, where the OGs kind of go after Kenny and the Bucks, which we're going to get into that. But I, I mean, I think it's just some social media shenanigans, to be honest. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't I wouldn't think anything of it. All right. Last but not least, how excited are we for WrestleMania after the overall success of Stand and Deliver? We're going to get in Stand and Deliver. Thought it was, you know, really good show. I wouldn't say it correlates, you know, it made me more or less excited for WrestleMania. The build for Mania has been god awful. I mean, I can't really, if I'm going to look at like all the matches that have been built, there's really like not a match on here that really stands out of being like a good build and like makes me more excited because of the story they told going into it. But I think because it's the first show with fans, it's going to be a stadium atmosphere. I mean, stadium atmosphere, but it's going to be like whatever, 30,000 people. So it's going to be kind of diluted. But I, I feel like night night one, I'm a little bit more excited than night two, just because it's the first time, it, you know, first show back to quote unquote normalcy. So I think that kind of is the overriding thing, but it's what we've seen with WWE in the past. It's like, you kind of got to get yourself excited because WWE and their booking and the stories and everything and angles, they, they don't really get you excited from the stories they're telling. Come on, man. We're excited. We are jumping up and down. We're going to watch it on Peacock. Let's get to the and friends part now. I'm excited for these. Ooh, you are excited for the Anne's friend part. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, since we talked about this after the wrestling portion, Travis probably already left, but maybe Tyler will stick around because we have a response. We got two responses on the Instagram. Normally we've been on a cold streak, but this time we got two. We got two. We got one from big fluff. 13 responded with not really a question, more of a statement, or I guess just a hashtag. And it was hash, 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 I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hashtag cancel trapdoor. Dominic, your response? Let's oh, say get a movement. I mean, what? I wonder why that person would say that. I mean, you know, just, you know, maybe we should support him. You know, don't, I mean, we should support our fans, right? Yes. Gotta, gotta support the fans. Dominic started the hashtag cancel trapdoor. And then this guy, Big Fluff, who can't really see. I mean, he looks like a, a smart gentleman. He's very distinct. It's a distinguished gentleman. He's in a suit. He, he is. He's a, a tie. Mm-hmm. Maybe the hair is a little long. Maybe you want to cut that. But he looks I mean, like, I mean, looking at the photo, because, you know, I looked him up real quick. You know, he does look like he maybe looks like it's a high school photo. You never know. OK. OK. So are you saying that maybe that big fluff is using a high school photo because maybe he thinks he looks better in high school than what he looks like right now? And he's self-conscious about taking a current photo. Let's go to the next question. Okay, the next question is from Ty Gundy twenty seven. He we uh, on the pot on the uh, whatever little call to questions I put on the Instagram. Put a little little sticker said get vaccinated. So I guess that inspired Ty Gundy. He asked, "Do you and Dominic have appointments set up to get vaccinated?" The uh, number one fan Haley has been fully vaccinated. So congratulations, Haley. Good to see you. Hopefully you don't have any side effects or any issues post second shot. Cause I know that one can kind of kick your ass sometimes, Dominic. Yes. I don't, I am not an essential worker. I am not eligible <laughs> to Damn get right, you're not. <laughs> the vaccine, but next week, April 15th, Un- uncle Gavin is going to allow everybody over the age of 16 to be eligible. So 
mark your you know mark your calendars for your boy april mm. 15th gonna look it's gonna be just like trying to get some shoes or a ps5 it's gonna be very hard but when i am able to secure the bag i will get my appointment to get vaccine. so possibly stay tuned for next week ty gundy 27 i will give you an update dominic i don't know if you're classified as an essential worker but you work at osh you work at a retail store you're interacting with a lot of people so possibly a good idea so just, to get just, just to let you know brandon i was always deemed an essential worker because home repair is essential okay but i'm not going to sit here and you know bash the vaccine i do i know you know i know when this whole first thing came out you know me and the studio audience would just talk shit about you about you know like oh we need to get vaccinated all this other shit i do support it i think there's a lot more important people that need it over me so that's why i'm not going to be rushing to the gate to get my vaccine when you know when it's a little easier to obtain i'll get it But if you're eligible and you want to get it, then why don't you just get it? Like, who is more important? Dominic, who is more important than you? Well, clearly Haley and and Ty, Gundy, 27, whatever fuck his name is. You know, whoever that guy is, you know. Um, you know, your your mother, my mother, a lot more people important than me. You know, my mother, is her, he, she has her appointment later in the month. So she's on the right track. So you don't got to worry about her, Dominic. Uh, you know, don't want to speak for you and your family. But... You know, I, I would suggest you to look into it a little bit more. Maybe, you know, look, see if you can schedule a time because it is very hard. You might think, oh, it's going to be easy. But the next thing you know, you're trying to schedule something for next week. And you won't get it till like May. Well, you know, with my new job coming up, I can't miss any work. So I, I'm going to have to put it off until I'm done with my training. Oh, it's going to it's going to really suck when, you know, private businesses aren't going to allow any non-vaccinated people in and you have to like show your quote unquote vaccine passport. And then you're just not going to be able to, to do anything Dominic. I mean, that's just, that's just, especially for hot girl summer coming up. I mean, it's going to, it's going to really suck. Well, thank you everybody for the questions. If you want to be like Mr. X, who is, you know, probably prob- the be- bestest friend of the, uh, is he like, I, I, you know, this is no disrespect if he takes this disrespectful, but he is like the orange Cassidy to our, best friends right sure okay who's chris statlander Ooh, i'll let you pick that one because i don't want to be in hot water but if you want to be like mr x emails curveballncs at gmail.com uh you can dm the instagram curveballs and cs facebook curveballs and chair shots you know i would give out brandon's personal phone number but you know he might hurt he might get mad at me yeah, and I definitely can't just edit it after you say it. Yeah, but then I got to look it up and everything. But let's get into wrestling. Wow, because Dominic, you don't even know my phone number. I don't actually. But let's get into wrestling because I have a good, mm, a little over 40 minutes until I got to leave. No, you can you can stay past. I'll just take the computer with me. How about that? Yeah, just take the computer with you, Dominic. You're going to be perfectly fine. I didn't know it takes you a whole hour to drive like 20 miles. It's not that it takes me a whole hour to get there it's the traffic it's a friday going out to the valley brandon god everybody lives out in the valley now including ty gundy does ty gundy count as a valley i don't know what the fuck the counts is what but anyways let's move on we had nxt stand and deliver on wednesday and thursday i watched it live on the peacock first time watching a live show on the cock i will say i did have some buffering issues night one 
Night two, clean as a whistle. Didn't have any issues. I would assume that maybe night two would be a little worse because it was a simulcast on both the cock and USA. But no, no issues to be said. So cross my fingers, knocking on wood, that WrestleMania will be smooth sailing. I will say, you you, you brought up the cock for a second. Um, so you watched it, of course, yesterday. So after Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly's match, did it do like a thank you for watching thing or whatever? Or that is it for that, this? That's what it does. It's not like WWE where it's a, con- a consistent live stream. It's just you, sh- you show in for the show, and then once the show is over, goodbye. Okay, because because that that was my thing. Like, well, first of all, I wasn't paying attention. I thought there's st- I didn't know that was what. The- I'm not paying attention. That's crazy. I came in literally right before the like. I I watched maybe the last two minutes of the match, but I didn't know that was the main event. So I was like, "What the fuck? It cut out. What the hell?" I got all pissed and I was like clicking on it, like, "What the fuck? Come on!" And you know, so it wasn't too bright yesterday. It's okay, Dominic. Everything will work out for you. Now let's get on into night one. We got a pre-show to talk about, and I thought this one had a little bit of substance to it. Zoe Stark takes on Tony Storm. We have not seen Tony Storm since her uh, title match against EO a few weeks ago, and Zoe Stark gets the win. I've been adamant that you bring in the quote-unquote new uprising star to lose all these matches, and then now she comes in and loses, and she wins. She beats Tony Storm. I've been an advocate for Tony for a long, long time. I think she's underutilized in NXT. I don't know if this means she loses just to get called up to the main roster, but Dominic, what is going on here? I mean, Tony Storm going to AEW confirmed? Yeah? No? I don't. I, I really don't know. I'm surprised that Tony, you know, I wouldn't necessarily consider it jobbed, but, you know, I'm really surprised they went that route. So I wouldn't be, if she's going to win next week, on a fucking just normal TV, I think it'd be stupid. So I'm hoping maybe there's a slight possibility of her getting moved up to the main roster because I feel like, you know, maybe after WrestleMania, Sasha, because she's going to retain, of course, might need, some, might need some fresh meat. Gonna keep the tease, Dominic. You gotta say we're gonna preview WrestleMania. We're gonna have our predictions later in the show. So stay tuned. Come on. Anyways, so the first official. On the takeover match was Kushida taking on Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne wins. This was kind of billed as who was the best technical wrestler. I believe that you know lived up to the hype. Pete Dunne goes after the fingies because that's what he does. And he beats Kushida. So Kushida once again in a somewhat marquee match. I mean, it's a takeover, so it's going to be an important match compared to his other ones. And he loses a yet again. I mean, I'm okay with him losing. Is, it, is that a, I mean... Am I a problem with that With that being okay? I don't have an issue with him losing. I thought he was going to lose to begin with, but Kushida, big name coming from New Japan, not Shinsuke level, but still a pretty big name, comes in and he hasn't really, I'm not going to say he hasn't lived up to the hype because he really hasn't had the opportunity. When he had the match against Gargano, that's probably the best match of the takeover. It's He's just not getting the opportunities to show what he's worth. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, then we get the Gauntlet Eliminator match. Winner gets a shot at the North American title on the next night. Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott start off the match. Uh, Swerve beat up Leon before the match or before the entrances really started. And then we get Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. Uh, 
What the fuck was that, Dominic? You like glitched out. You sound like a robot. Uh oh, I think Dominic broke his microphone. He doesn't. It doesn't work anymore. Well, shit. Now we got. What? Wait. What the fuck just happened? I don't know. Now it says my internet connection is unstable, Dominic. What? What did you hear? Did I sound like a robot? No, no. All I heard. So you said like LA night, Dixon, and then all of a sudden it was like complete silence, and I was like, "Oh, were you waiting for me to say something?" Because I didn't really hear like the, like the little like you know pass off to me. So I was like, oh, "I'm gonna stay quiet." And then all I heard was, "Well, shit." Yeah, I was saying something, and then I heard like a glitch. I don't know if that was you talking or it was a glitch in the system. But anyways, we got the Gauntlet Eliminator match. The last two were Isaiah Swerve Scott and Bronson Reed. And Bronson Reed wins the match. A big, thick boy gets the dub at 23 minutes. Bitch. 23 minutes and 14 seconds. I will say Bronson Reed got to uh, tighten up the top area of his singlet because he was wrestling with a popped out titty for most of the match. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with that, man? I mean, I understand, I think... you know, thick boy problems. You're kind of oddly shaped. You got to have yeah. a lot of fabric for the, for the tummy. You know, your boobs aren't as big as maybe your stomach is. So the titty plops out. I mean, we've all been there. We've, we've been out, we've, you know, well, titty I pops mean, out every now and then. I mean, for me, it's either put a shirt on or just take everything off and just wear trunks. Fuck it. All or nothing. So either, you know, be covered up like Jushin Thunder Liger or be like Keith Lee and just have everything hanging. Exactly. Uh, your thoughts on Bronson Reed getting the win? I thought it was good having Swerve and Reed be the last two. It did take me out of it a tad bit because I didn't think they were going to go heel heel with yeah. Swerve. So, that, I mean, that did take me out of it. I kind of wish maybe had even Cameron Grimes you know, Loomis or LA Knight, kind of the three that I thought would be the favorites going into it. So maybe this means they're going to push Swerve again, but then it's almost kind of like uh, Zoe Stark. He wins and then he loses and then he wins and then he loses. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, being being that he was technically so-called runner-up, I mean, he can use that and maybe, you know, it would be heel-heel, but he can say, hey, you know, Give me a chance. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really like care for Gargano being uh, NXT North American champion. I kind of want him done with NXT and go to the main card just because I feel like, you know, he's he's done, you know, just just like Adam Cole, just like Ciampa. You, you guys had your time. You guys are done. You guys need to get up there and and, you know, make big boy bucks. As much as I love Gargano. I'm scared of him going to the main roster just because I don't think Vince will get it. He's small. I, I mean, I see the same thing with Adam Cole, but there's more money in Adam Cole, which makes me even more scared about if he ever gets to the main roster. But yeah, speaking of Tommaso Ciampa, he faced off against Walter for the NXT UK Championship. This was a match that a lot of people, myself included, was looking forward to in this match. Delivered, Walter retains at 17 minutes. A chop fest, as you would expect. Walter beats the absolute piss at a Champa, but Champa gives Walter some receipts. They had a spot where Walter chops the announce table in half. Didn't like that because it was obviously a gimmick table, but I think everything in between was just absolutely fantastic. I had high expectations, and this definitely did live up to the hype. Hype, Walter. He's a guy that if he were to go up to the main roster, I know he has an you know not the best body in the world but he has the size, he has the credibility. And if he wants to stay in the United States and if Vince wants to push him legitimately, this dude can be a big, big star. I think you have a 
you know, really build them up because I feel like a lot of uh, the main roster fans aren't very educated, put it that way. So I think you just throw them out there, you know, you need, you really need to educate the fans, but I think, he, I think he's fucking money. And that match, I mean, you, you saw when he was standing up on that stage, toward on the title up high, you saw how much shit he took from Chop and he was still able to win. So, I mean, great match. Great match. Maybe best of takeover. Don't know if I would say that, but uh, a lot of people love this match. I thought this match was absolutely phenomenal. I will say best match of night one. Maybe some show or some matches on night two. We'll give uh, gave it a run for its money. Uh, we get a recap. They show the dog, uh, Frankie Monet, once again, coming on NXT next Tuesday. So Taya Valkyrie will be on NXT next Tuesday, Dominic. I know we've kind of talked about it already, but uh, what do you expect from her? Do you expect her to be thrusted right into the title pitcher? Do you think she's going to have some you know, showcase matches? What do you, what do you see from her? her I mean, debut? I'm kind of up in the kind of, okay, hi, Oreo. How, how, oh, get off the computer. Come on, my boy. Jesus, God. Um, I... I'm kind of nervous to see what happens. I feel like he, uh, or he, she, I don't know if she's going to be a heel, if she's going to be a, you know, baby face. I'm nervous to see where, where she goes into. So, I mean, I hope it's not straight to the title picture. I'm just hoping that, you know, it's the right move at the right time. Then we get the triple threat match for the vacated NXT Tag Team Championships. MSK, Legado del Fantasma, and Grizzled Young Veterans, the Battle of the Acronyms. And MSK, as both me and Dominic predicted, got the win at 15 minutes, 24 seconds. I really did enjoy this match. I think I was higher on this than some other people. I enjoyed that they kind of written off Legado del Fantasma at the end. You know, have it right to GYV and MSK, the two teams that you really did expect to win. So have them go back and forth for like two minutes. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good finishing sequence. And they, I, this was the right move. I know maybe you want to have the chase for the titles, but just put it on the champions. The tag team division is kind of weak as it is. Just give it to the new guys, have them build it up. I know the character work isn't exactly the best, but when it comes to entering, they always deliver. Having um, fighting with the mascot. So, but yeah, um, MSK, I think they, I mean, like you said, we both predicted them. You knew it was going to happen. It's a great, it was the best move of the situation they're in. But one needs to think what happens when, uh, who, who, who are the ones that dropped it? Birch and Lorcan. Good job. What's going to happen when they come back? Are they going to go right back into the, scene or are they going to go you know do they have to you know kind of prove themselves once again separated shoulder is no joke so uh birch is going to be gone i believe for like maybe six months six eight months i don't know somewhere between that range for it's somewhere between four and eight months so there you go but uh, maybe they they can pair pete dunn and Oni lorkin is kind of a makeshift tag team to kind of elevate them we saw on the pre-show for night two uh, Brizongo and uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Those are like the the other only two tag teams on NXT, which just kind of shows you the the state that the tag team division is. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick win. So on Tuesday, it's going to be MSK taking on Dane and Maverick. Obviously, I think uh, MSK is going to win, but I think that just kind of shows, as I said, Dominic, on the pre-show, you have three teams in this match, and then you have the other two teams in the pre-show, and it's like night and day. 
Dominic still fighting with the, with the yeah, dog? Yeah, I can't fucking... His head's right near my fucking mouse, and I can't... Well, last time I checked, the mascot is in 500 pounds. You can pick him up and move him. Okay, and then I move him, and he goes right back to the fucking thing. But, um, but yeah, I don't like... You know, I don't think there's really anyone else... You, I, I can't really think of any other team, let alone, you know, any odd pairings that would make a good team in NXT. So, I mean, I at the moment, I think you roll with what you got and hope for the best. Then in the main event for night one, Io Shirai defends her NXT Women's Championship against Raquel Gonzalez. Dakota Kai walked out Raquel, but she was not involved in the match whatsoever. They... Uh, TakeOver had a special fancy setup. They had a big old skull on the rampway, kind of similar to the Deadly Game Survivor Series 98 skull. And once again, EO is going to jump off. She sees some high things she can jump off of, and she jumps off of it. She hits a crossbody. Match only goes about 12 minutes. I know they had some time restraints, time restraints from USA, but I believe this is what they were going to do the entire time. Raquel wasn't supposed to do too too much you know she was selling a little bit for eo eo creating a lot of the movement but as i said raquel didn't do too much but i think what she did do was uh really good and she ends up getting the win she hits her one arm power bomb for the dub and your new women's champion raquel gonzalez dominic i mean i think it's about time eo lost and raquel is probably the best one to have it just wondering off the top of your head, who would be next in line? I mean, who who would be the first person to challenge Raquel? Would it be a, a return match with EO? Would it be Tony Storm? Would it be, you know, would it be Dakota Kai, Brandon? Who do you think? I don't think they're going to go straight to the Dakota Kai. I, I I think there is a story there for Dakota Kai to turn back babyface. Tegan Knox has her injury with the knee, so I don't think she's going to be returning anytime soon. The problem is with the tag team division, my thought was that possibly you get the titles off Shotzi and Ember because if uh, Raquel was going to win, I think Shotzi and Ember, both the singles competitors, that doesn't mean they still can't challenge for the titles, but I think Shotzi and Ember are two people that you can look at. They gave the win to Zoe Stark earlier. She's been in a little bit of a feud. She's been tied to EO, so maybe the, you can do that. But I think you run it back with EO on an NXT on an NXT show in a few weeks. And then maybe you go to uh, Frankie Monet or somebody else. Maybe, I mean, Zaya Lee's out there, but she's definitely more of a heel. And I don't see them turning Raquel Gonzalez or turning Zaya Lee. So it's interesting because there's a lot of talent out there, but you don't really see a way, for, you don't see like a clear path. Like there's not a hangman page out there that you like, okay, that's like the person that's going to dethrone them. So it's going to be fun to see who they build up and what they can do. Okay, let's go on, please. Well, anyways, on night two of NXT TakeOver, we already talked about the pre-show, and they start off with Poppy. Poppy performs a song called Stand and Deliver, then she just goes into the ring and the the uh, music kind of amps up. The band goes crazy, and Poppy just screams her little head off. And Dominic's big Poppy fan, huge, huge Poppy fan. You know, huge. it's only you know, you're welcome for, for lack of a better phrase, turning you on to Poppy. I mean, you didn't turn me on to it. Pretty to sure. Her. 
pretty sure I recommended her because I was like, oh, you know, she's pretty sure you didn't because I saw her at the that one takeover and when she played Phil the Crown, one of my favorite songs now. But um, and I'm pretty sure I was like, Dominic, you're you know, you're probably going to like her in this song. Mm, I'm going to give you no credit whatsoever. So let's move the fuck on. No respect. Ronnie Dangerfield out here. The opening match was Jordan Devlin taking on Santos Escobar, a ladder match to unify the two cruiserweight championships. We did get uh, Legado del Fantasma getting involved a tad bit, but it's also kind of like once you say that they're going to get involved, why don't they just get involved all the way because it's an ODQ match? Why don't they just pin Devlin down while Escobar climbs the ladder? It's a whole thing. It kind of doesn't make too much sense. Devlin gets some high-powered, uh, high-flying offense in, moonsault off the ladder, gets put through a ladder. In the end, Santos Escobar gets the win. I, I know I predicted on, I can't remember what Dominic said, but uh, this was, I think, the first match that we really saw the crowd go against, I think, what the match was being laid out to be. Devlin was more the baby face in the match, selling a lot, getting underhanded tactics from Legato Del Fantasma, but the crowd, maybe because... Escobar is the guy on USA television. They recognize him more. He's a cool, badass leader. The crowd was much more inside with Escobar, even though the match had Devlin be, I think, the babyface fighting from underneath. Or it's because Devlin, all the Me Too shit with Jordan Devlin, you know, people held a grudge. People don't forget. So, Dominic, your thoughts on uh, Santos Escobar? He is now the unified champion. His kid comes out. So even though he did some underhanded things, Hard for you to, to boo the guy. I mean, he has, he has it, the kid wearing the lucha mask, and they're both holding the titles up on the ramp. You can't take away that it was a great match, first of all. But I I know I wanted Devlin to win, but I'm actually happy it turned out the way it did because I feel that Escobar is I'm gonna say my definition of a cruiserweight champion. So I'm happy the way it came out. Um, yeah, you're right. Hard to boo when your kid comes out, you know. So. The, he cuts a promo later, kind of puts over Devlin. Not exactly like a full-fledged babyface turn, but he was much more likable in this promo than what he's been in some of the other things. So not saying he's going to turn, but maybe leaning in that direction. Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell interviews M- MSK. As I said, they're just kind of weird, quirky guys, and I don't think it's clicking all that much. I know you can't go back to Impact and just have them be stoners and smoke pot and have them cut promos that way but i wish they could don't think that's the way that that, i I don't think that's the direction they're gonna go with msk dominic i mean i don't want them to be wacky goofy stupid shit so i think i i think you give them me you know maybe smoke a cigarette you know be a little cool you know or maybe drink a beer a couple steve wises but please don't be goofy wacky stupid then we get the women's Tag Team Championship match. Shotzi and Ember Moon take on Candice LeRae in indie wrestling. Shotzi and Ember win at 10 minutes, 33 seconds. Solid match. And this, you know, probably could have saw this on NXT TV. I kind of understand why they put this on TakeOver, but you could have cut this, you could have cut this from the TakeOver. And Shotzi almost died, but she's A-OK, Dominic. I'm here to report. And once again, Wrestling with the dog. Can't get to the mute button. Come on, Dominic. You can do it. I know you got some hot, hot takes about Shotzi in this match with Ember Moon. Unless he disconnected. Oh, eh, no. 
Okay, I guess we're just going to be uh, riding solo on this one. Uh, as I said, you know, fine match. It was, it was what it was. Then we get Bronson Reed taking on Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. Bronson Reed and Gargano, kind of an odd pairing because Reed is oversized for a babyface. Gargano is kind of undersized for a babyface or for a heel rather, but I think they worked phenomenally. Gargano gets the win at 16 minutes, 22 seconds. Uh, Reed, uh, Austin Theory rather, was on the outside, got involved a tad bit in the finish, but he didn't contribute exactly to the finish. We get two uh, one final beats for Gargano's victory. You can tell the story of Reed being a little bit gassed from the night before, working over the ribs, yada, yada, yada. As I said, Gargano, Reed, I, they had ex, had high expectations for this match, and yet I think they did deliver. Dominic, are you back? Can you unmute, or is the internet just absolutely taking a shit? On no, no. So, so uh, what the fuck happened? You got Adobe, me so scared. Adobe came up. Oh, you want to update? And I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here. And I'm, and then I didn't know where the Zoom meeting went, and then I found it. So, yeah, I'm new. I'm still learning how to use a computer. Anyways, Dominic, your thoughts on Shotzi and almost dying. Well, I looked at it. She didn't. Okay. She maybe overshot a little bit, but you know, that's Shotzi, man. Fucking she she crazy. Overshotzied it. Oh, I like what Uh, you did there. Eh? But no, uh, she killed it. She killed it, dog. Killed it. Bronson Reed, you know, future NXT North American champion, Johnny Gargano. Fuck him. Alrighty then. We get the NXT men's championship match, not in the main event. It is a penultimate match, as Dominic would say. Finn Balor, the champion, defends against Karrion Cross. Cross coming out looking like a Roman gladiator. Finn Balor has an X over his heart, not going full demon. Maybe we see full demon next time because Karrion Cross beats Finn Balor to become the new NXT champion at 17 minutes. Good, hard hitting style match. I wouldn't say it was on par with the Pete Dunne and Kyla Riley matches Finn Balor had. It wasn't as long as those other ones were, but I thoroughly enjoyed this. Kind of what I said with the preview, put the title on Karrion. You can, you know, maybe go back to the original plans with what you wanted to do with him when he first got the title. Doesn't look like he got injured, so he will be fine. Not the biggest fan of uh, Scarlet speaking in tongue and that kind of hulks up Karrion Cross. I hope they stay away from kind of the, uh, not spiritual, but the supernatural, you know, tarot card reading type aspect to Scarlet's character. But overall, I enjoyed it. And I think I liked this match uh, more than some other people. I will say the day that we get, you know, the real Scarlet and Karrion Cross, like, you know, like, hey, we're not, you know, fuck kayfabe you fucking touch my lady, like a legit, like, you know, that shoot promo from them is the day that I will start. No, I'm not going to say supporting because I, because I do support Karen Cross and Scarlet, but I will be 100% invested in anything they do. Cause I, that tongue thing does not, you know, I don't like that. You know, I'm going to use the F word, but it is too fake for me, you know? Ooh, so I'm going to say it again. It's too fake. You need to, you know, you 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 can speak to him, but it's fucking you know, be like get him, you know, like 
you use more, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know how to, how to des- describe it, but you know, you, you can so-called Hulk him up by not being, you know, like fucking stupid. Then in the main event, Kyle O'Reilly takes on Adam Cole for an unsanctioned match. I guess they had to uh, tape the ropes black for this match to show you that this is a real fight and it's unsanctioned. The referee didn't have the stripes. He had just a regular old tight black shirt. And this match goes on forever. Kyler Riley gets the win at 40 minutes, 18 seconds. Uh, Hard-hitting, hardcore style of match. Not as, you know, no blood whatsoever. I mean, we get some, like, hard way on Adam Cole's hand and maybe some stuff on uh, Kyler Riley's back. But, you know, you've probably seen all the spots. We get a brain buster on the uh, announced table that didn't break. That thing looked brutal. Both of the guys go through the extended ramp on the uh, steel gray area uh, they go back and forth they have a chain yada 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 uh, uh finn Balor or kyle o'reilly hits adam cole kind of prone on an upside down chair knee with some what you call it a chain around him i, I didn't like kind of wrapping around the chain wrapped around the leg spots i think that took too long it looked a little clunky but overall 40 minutes kyle o'reilly gets the win Dominic, your thoughts on the match, and where do they go from here? Thoughts on the match, I think it was, it exceeded my expectations. I thought it was going to be, you know, nowhere near, you know, these unsanctioned matches that we've seen before. But, you know, it, it did, you know, surpass my expectations. Um, I, I do 100% agree with you, the wrapping of the need. That, that That's, I, I, I tuned in right before that. So, um you know, watching it, I was kind of like, oh, you're taking a little long time there, huh? Okay. What's he going to do? Like, what's he going to do? And then when he hit, I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, was he aiming for the lower back or was he aiming for the head? Because, I mean, he went full fucking body weight into his back. And, I mean, Adam Cole sold it with, like, you know, like the little shaking, so I don't understand that part of it. But, you know, like I said, ex- you know, going back, expectations were passed. Um I, I think Cole is done in NXT. He needs to get called up, up like I said before. And O'Reilly, I think he has a chance to, to uh, you know, go after Karrion Cross. I do agree with you. I uh, Giving Kyle O'Reilly the win here is a little puzzling. I thought maybe you give Cole the win, maybe a little shenanigans to extend the feud. Maybe Cole goes the same route as Britt Baker and says, oh, that was an unsanctioned match. It doesn't count. Who gives a shit? But or he wants his revenge or anything like that. But Kyle O'Reilly versus Karrion Cross, and if Kyle is kind of the big, you know, the underdog babyface who can slay the beast that is Karrion Cross, I think that match will be phenomenal. Kyle O'Reilly maybe has the best selling in NXT, maybe in the world. I know Gargano and Ciampa might have something to say about that, but I think Kyle O'Reilly. I've always been an advocate of his while he was in the Undisputed Era. I'm happy to see him get this win. And if he, if, I mean, if he does get this win, I don't know what this means for Adam Cole. It was a pretty decisive win. So I know you kind of said main roster, but let's say he doesn't go to the main roster. Does they extend this feud even more? Or do they just kind of, I mean, it, it's going to be like Gargano and Ciampa. They're gonna, if they're going to be in NXT together, they're going to have another match. And, and that's fine. But I mean, I don't want to keep seeing the envelope pushed, so to speak. I'm fine with them having a really good, you know, long match, 
you know, good storytelling, you know, hold submissions like the whole nine yards. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. So, I mean, they don't have to, you know, kill each other literally. So if he stays, he stays, but you know, I don't really want to keep seeing it over and over again. Like we did see with Gargano and Ciampa. And with the Gargano Ciampa thing and other matches in NXT, they just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. I mean, the match was 40 minutes long. I thought that was way too long. Cut it down, have it 30 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. And, you know, you got the spots and they just keep trying to push the envelope. And I think at a certain point, I'm almost kind of numb to it at this point because you just expect a big spot or something like that. But we uh, we shall see. I mean, I think we're going to continue seeing this feud with Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, and we've seen that that's been kind of the marquee for NXT going forward. Now we can just kind of quickly run through AEW Dynamite. Not a ton really to talk about, but they kick off with Hangman Adam Page, defeats Max Caster. Good, solid opening match, good athleticism. Uh, I mean, just kind of remind you, Page is here. He's one of the top guys. He's the number one contender. They really emphasize that hard. Do you think they're going to go and pull the trigger at double or nothing? Hopefully. I mean, I think it'd be about damn time, but probably not because they're just going to, you know, he's, he's a good utility player. You know, he can be red hot. He can be, you know, what everybody wants, but, you know, they'll pull it out from underneath him like always. Then we get Triangulo de la Muerte. They were supposed to cut a promo, but they just get immediately cut off by best friends. Orange Cassidy actually opened and spoke some words. Uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent go back and forth and say some things. A little awkward, a little clunky. Didn't exactly understand why they just randomly came out like that. But the gist of it was uh, Triangulo de la Muerte has a match against the Young Bucks next week for the titles. And best friends are basically saying, we'll be there. And whoever is a champion, we got next pretty much. And Chris Statlander's there, so they kind of further established that they are now a foursome. Which, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought AEW was all about standings and fucking, you know, you have to win matches to to get title shots. And I feel like, you know, best friends technically haven't been back for more than a week and they're already getting the opportunity to challenge. Like, I don't understand that. And SCU haven't lost a match in forever because next time they do lose a match, they have to break up. So I don't got the stains in front of me, but I would assume SCU has something to say about that as well. Exactly. Exactly. Then we get the inner circle. They return. Chris Jericho cuts a promo for about 10 minutes, just absolutely tearing into MJF and the pinnacle had little shoot, uh, you know, barbs here and there. It didn't feel like it went too deep and, you know, took you too much out of it. But I thought, I mean, it kind of, you know, made me forget about Jericho's baby face because we haven't seen him as a baby face in so long. And this was just a long, cathartic banger of a promo from Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho sometimes, in my opinion, have been has been overlooked as a how do you say? I'm not gonna say problem. I mean, in my opinion, people forget that he can be he can turn it on hot on and off he can turn on good promos you can turn it off you know you go like oh i forgot you know he he's kind of old oh maybe he's lost it but once again jericho's proven why he is the alpha so respect he challenges the pinnacle to a blood and guts match aka war games not a double nothing but may 5th so we kind of expected this match to take place at double nothing we are getting the match but it'll be on a dynamite 
Is that just because they're trying to get viewership or something, or what the fuck? I would assume they're trying to get viewers. Got a Cinco de Mayo match card. Should be fun. I mean, they're going to build that show around it. And I think the way that the feud is boiling, it's like so hot right now. It's almost kind of hard for them to build it for that like extra two, three weeks into Double Nothing. So just kind of kind of bottle it while it's hot. You got three shows, I believe, to uh, build up. And I think the match will be uh, really good. Maybe they have some offshoot matches at double or nothing uh team taz cuts a promo they say they want christian cage so maybe we've talked about cage being a little distracted because he wants a title shot is this the way you think we're going to be seeing christian cage taking on you know all the different members of team taz is he the new sting probably and then you're gonna have sting and him team up and then you know it's gonna lead to christian cage getting a title shot and yeah it's gonna be fucking stupid we get uh, Jurassic Express taking on a bear country. This was a sponsored match with Godzilla versus Kong. Dong, did you see them? Have you seen Godzilla versus Kong? No. Hmm. I have. I like it. That was a good movie. Yeah. Did I you see it? Did you see, I didn't uh, see it in IMAX? Or, did you, you see know, it? Did you see Bad Trip yet, though? I have not seen Bad Trip. Great, great movie. Shout out Eric Andre. Maybe we have to uh, get in the sports and movie podcasting business dominic give trapdoor a run for their money we'll really, mean, we'll, we'll really we would cancel. fucking blow them out of the water though so exactly so mr x if you're listening you know, if you got any movie questions any entertainment questions send it to your boys i watch falcon winter soldier dominic does it, but he can just bullshit his way through it he got this any other questions you know just send them in anyways uh dress express bear country uh dress express gets the win good solid match a lot of big beefy boys and jungle boy gets the win Good for them. Good. Yeah, good. QT Marshall cuts a promo at the Nightmare Factory. He has his boys around him. I kind of forget all of them except for Aaron Solo. But uh, they have the British boxer dude. He he talked. I think he came across fantastic. He's you know looks like a million bucks. He's got the credibility. He's a guy to look out for. And uh, yeah, he just kind of calls out Cody further continuing this. And he says he's taken over the Nightmare family. And the dude behind him tries to cover the nightmare part with paint. And he just like completely whiffed, which I thought was kind of funny, whether intentional or not. I know that's more of a one take thing, but the promo itself, I actually liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I know I've been down on the QT Cody storyline, but for what it was, I, I thought it was good. So you're saying that you're a fan now. I'm not saying I'm a fan of it. I still think if you're going to use Cody, he can, I mean, if the entire point of this isn't to put over QT, and to give him television time, but to put over uh, the boxer guy, I'm all for. I think he has a future if everything works out in ring wise. I mean, I didn't see this, so no. Damn, just outing yourself. I feel it. Well, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to beat around the bush and give you some bullshit response. I mean, I didn't see this part, so I mean, you know, I don't give a shit. Your Fuck boy Sting, your boy Sting hypes up Lance Archer because we all love when Sting cuts a goes to cut a promo with Tony Schiavone, and then he just immediately gets cut off before he even starts saying anything. Uh, so Archer continuing kind of to poke and prod at Sting, but then Sting answers back, not exactly challenging him to a match or anything, but trying to hype up Lance Archer. Do you think we got a, you know, Sting has his little buddy in Darby. Is he going to have a big buddy in Lance Archer now? I I hope not. I mean, I like Lance Archer. He has a lot of potential, but I don't want to see a Sting and Lance Archer team and then, what is he going to create? You know, more factions. 
Yeah, and I, I really don't want to see this. Uh, Sting's little buddy Darby has a TNT title match, goes up against J.D. Drake. He's one of the guys that's on Dark a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, the match was fine. No real believability that Drake was going to win the match, but for what it was, it was good. Then uh, we get a big old extended beatdown angle. The pinnacle attack Jericho beat him down in the ring. They lock the inner circle in their dressing room. And so that kind of ex- that explained why they couldn't make the save. But who does make the save? Mike Tyson goes and makes the save. He doesn't really, I mean, I guess he does something by beating up Sean Spears, giving him some uh, punches, if you can call him that. And I guess Mike Tyson, member of DX, is now a member of the inner circle. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know Tyson is, you know, gotten great shape, but I really don't need him wrestling and I don't need him knocking someone out legitimately. So please, for the love of God, don't put him in the match. Britt Baker cuts a promo and talks about how she might not be the number one contender, but she deserves a title shot against Akaru Shida for the women's title because she's the biggest star. She's the biggest draw, yada, yada, yada. So now she's got to get her wins up and she's going to, fluffery record by going to dark elevation and dynamite so Britt baker staking her claim going for the number one contendership so she can be the new women's champion i so she you know she's gonna go to dark and elevation to get her wins up but wouldn't that kind of like be kind of i mean not fair i mean it's kind of like being a major league player and then being like oh i'm gonna go to minor leagues fucking kick ass and then come back to you know people are gonna be like oh damn he's really good let's bring him up to the big leagues it's like it's kind of not fair it's kind of like taking advantage of playing a four game stretch with the oakland A's. they're trash you're gonna get your wins up you're gonna get your batting average and rbis up exactly but it's still a major league it's still a major league team and it's gonna count towards your record i think that's what they're going out with dark and elevation all right you know maybe maybe they pick up a win but highly doubt it yeah you, you never know you just never know. Uh, sticking in the women's division, Ty Conti takes on the bunny. Not bad bunny, but just the bunny. And Conti gets the win, kind of getting her revenge after last week's tag team match. Conti is the number one contender for her Karushita's championship. They're kind of best buddies. Hopefully they don't go the uh, WWE route and have the two women friends not get along headed into their match. But uh, the match was okay. Nobody hurt, so can ask for, right? Right. Then in the main event, we get Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on John Moxley and the Young Bucks. Moxley kind of hesitant to join up with the Young Bucks, and he was right to be hesitant because the Young Bucks turned on Moxley. They were, at least Matt Jackson for the most part, was really conflicted about wrestling Kenny, but then they did wrestle a little bit. Kenny beat up the Young Bucks and back and forth, back and forth. The Young Bucks eventually did join up with Kenny and the Good Brothers, Dominic. I mean... Oh fucking shit. Fuck them. Yeah, what is going on with the Young Bucks character? They join Kenny, then they don't join him, and then now they join him again after Kenny has kind of doubled down and like talked so much shit about them. Like I get it. It's like he's a really your, he's your yeah. friend, but like why are you going to go back to him? It's like such a bad relationship. I mean, you know, to to be like, "Oh, we want to be with you, but we're not." And then like, "Oh, we're with you." And then it's like, "Oh, you know, you're kind of a dick. I don't want to." And then you know, it's like after he just fucking murders you, you're like, okay, yeah, we're going to be with you. It's so, you know, their character is so tarnished, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, Young Bucks, I mean, back in New Japan, I know New Japan back then was, you know, firing all cylinders. Young Bucks were hot. Kenny Omega was hot. Good Brothers were hot. So, 
I know they're probably trying to play off of that, but you could have just pinned them. I'm not pinned them. You could have just put them with Kenny and the Good Brothers and have Moxley, you know, fight for himself or something like that. But this, this, you know, back and forth shit is so annoying. It makes me not happy. Yeah, this Young Bucks story has just been utter garbage. The Young Bucks, pretty much the entirety of Dynamite has been back and forth and been almost a debacle, I would say. When the Good Brothers first debuted and the Bucks threw up the two suite, they all got together. It's like, okay, you know, it doesn't make too, too much sense. You know, the Young Bucks have been back and forth, but just get them together, have the Bullet Club, go back in time when they were hot. Okay, but then no, they had to go that extra step and they flip-flop back and forth. I don't know if this was the plan the entire time, if they are just kind of, you know, changing course, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. This has not been a very good, I think the Young Bucks in AEW, entering-wise, fantastic. One of the best things going. But when it comes to like a main event act, they've just been so, so bad. Oh, and we'll, you know, We'll have to see what happens next week just because of the fact that they flopped. You know, Mox is going to be out for blood. You know, we'll have to see what happens because I feel like every other week it's it, there's a different stance. So I have to stay tuned and find out. Uh-huh. A.K.A. Dominic, tell me to shut the fuck up and go because we've already hit the 1 o'clock. So now let's get into the WrestleMania predictions. Oh, I forgot. We got night one and night two. I mean, we, I mean, for the most part, there's not too many things to really go deep dive into. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week. Mr. S asked us that fantastic question first show for WWE with fans. I know I asked about the last match, but what is the first match of night one? Oh, that's a good question. Just um, going to run it down real quick. You have the tag team turmoil match with the women Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon, New Day, AJ Styles, and Omos, uh, Priest, Bunny. Miz and Morrison. I think, I think we both agreed with Sasha and Bianca. I think we both agreed with it was going to be the New Day and AJ and Big Dude just because, you know, first match, New Day has all that energy. You want the fans to really interact and get behind people. So I think we, we're going New Day and AJ. Okay, New Day and AJ. I'm going to go with Sasha and Bianca. I know that might ruffle some feathers because I know a lot of people want them to be in the main event. But that as the main event already. Is it confirmed? I haven't seen anything, Dominic. Can you show me? Where oh, does it okay, say that it's the main gone. event? Hang on. I just saw it like not too long ago. Because I looked it up yesterday. And I was like, okay, everyone's talking about how Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair is the main event, but I have not seen anything anywhere. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, we're not in 2018. What the fuck am I doing? Okay, so let's see. I'm on the Cultaholics. We all know Mr. X loves Cultaholics. As Sasha Banks says, SmackDown's Women's Championship will main event WWE WrestleMania night one. Mm. So, I mean, if Sasha Banks said it, then okay. So, Mm. Mm. okay. Mm. Well, I asked Mm. you to cite your sources, and then you just said, oh, I don't know. All you had to say was like, oh, Sasha Banks said something. I would have believed you. So then, if Sasha and Bianca are going to main event night one, then I'm going to flip back it up and reverse it as missy would say and i'm gonna go with drew mcintyre and bobby lashley to open the match open the show drew not the champion so he gets the first entrance crowd can go wild and he gets the win yeah if it is then you're wrong because bobby lashley is going to retain 
All right, Dominic, that's Bobby Lashley retaining. Then we get Lana, Naomi, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, the Riot Squad, uh, then Natalia, the Red Hot, Tamina, and Natalia. And also, I guess, Billy Kane and Carmella in the tag team turmoil match. Winner gets a shot at the women's tag titles on night two. Dominic, I know you care so much about this match. Who walks away the champion? Or at least the number one contender? I really want Billy Kane and Carmella to win just because. I think Billy Kay has been, you know, phenomenal in what she's been doing. So to give her another shot at being a champion would be cool. Um, but most likely it's going to be Natalia and Tamina. And I will go with Lana and Naomi because that's really the only storyline they have with Nia Jax and uh, Shayna Baszler. So. That's all I really got for that. Then the match a lot of people are looking forward to to possibly steal the show, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. This match athletically should be really good. Depends on what kind of time they give it, but I do think this is going to be built around Cesaro swinging Seth Rollins around about 100 times. Which I'd be okay with. And if possible, if possible, I want Becky Lynch to come out and screw over Seth. That would just be funny. All right, we got a, a screw job with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins just going full bore. You know, wait. Screw job? That that public? Ooh. You're supposed to laugh. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins for the Dubski. I also can see Cesaro winning as well but uh, i think this one can go either way maybe a uh, this is the match for vince tries to fuck over the betters and just sees who's ever the favorite and goes the opposite way I then think, we get Braun I think you can't bet in wrestling oh you can you definitely can oh Braun Strow- don't do it Braun Strowman and shane mcmahon are in a steel cage match i mean who this is going to be a barn burner i just want Braun Strowman to go in kill shane in like two minutes and just walk away but that's what's gonna happen agreed agreed Shane is the uh, the champion at shitty steel cage finishes. He beat the Miz because he was sweating. His shirt came off. Yeah, well, I mean, he is the greatest in the world too. So maybe maybe we shouldn't count him out so quickly. Maybe we should now. Dominic's prediction for the opening match: The New Day take on AJ Styles and Omos for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Dominic, do the New Day retain, or does Omos win a championship in his first match, just like Nicholas? I'm going to say yes. I think AJ's going to put in a lot of work, but big dude's going to come in and clean house and New Day can't recover. I'm going to go with the New Day to get the win. I think they're going to really play into AJ and Omos, get into a beef, and I'm not excited for this, but maybe we get AJ and Omos in a singles feud later because if you're going to have Omos have to be like a wrestler in a singles feud, there's really no better person to wrestle than AJ Styles. Agreed, but I really hope it doesn't come down to that. Then we get now officially a tag team match. It was a singles match for the longest, but it is a tag team match as we expected. Damien Priest and the Bad Bunny take on The Miz and John Morrison. Triple H has been putting over Bad Bunny about how hard he's been working always at the PC. Damien Priest, clean house, get the win. Right? I would assume so. Unless, you know, you know, Damien Priest goes heel and screws over Bad Bunny. You never know. Don't think that is going to happen. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, and apparently the main event of night one of WrestleMania. Dominic already said it. Why is Sasha Banks going to retain? If this is the main event. she's the boss. And I will go 
with Bianca to get the win, a big babyface win at the end, especially because there might not be a big babyface win at the end of night two. So I don't think you want to go double down on the heels. I know Sasha Banks is a babyface, kind of, not really, but more on the heelish side. But we shall see. Then night two, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler with Reggie defends against the winners of the tag team turmoil match. Dominic has Natalia and Tamina. I have Naomi and Lana. I, I mean, I, I think really, I think whoever is winning the elimination match will win the tag team titles. I agree. Maybe we get some sort of payoff with Reggie and Nia Jax. And I, I mean, Nia Jax and Shayna, I, Wish Shayna was so much more in WWE, but that just hasn't happened yet. I'm gonna go with Nia and Shayna retaining, though. I, I think despite whoever wins, they're they're enjoying the dynamic between Nia Jax and Reggie, so maybe they continue on with that. Then uh, another possible show stealer, Riddle and Sheamus, WWE United States Championship. They've had some good hard hitting matches on Raw, despite the Riddle character being the Riddle character. Dominic, what do you think is going to happen here? I think Riddle retains, and it's pretty much just Sheamus jobbing out to him. I think Riddle wins as well. I have Drew winning the championship. Maybe they go back to Sheamus and Drew maybe in a few months. Maybe you know Lashley gets a championship rematch at whatever the next pay-per-view is. Yeah. Uh, another singles match, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Fun to see these two guys have a singles match at WrestleMania. Logan Paul is going to be there. Go Sami Zayn. Even though I want Kevin Owens, I go Sami Zayn. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens to win. I think this one is, uh, this is going to be my lock of the night. Kevin Owens with the win. Logan Paul turns on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens gets the big old massive rub from Logan Paul. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Biggie takes on Apollo Cruz in a Nigerian drum fight for the WWE United, uh, ugh, almost United, United Kingdom. I almost said United Kingdom, but no, it is the intercontinental championship. Yes. Uh, I know Apollo Cruz has a new gimmick. But just keep the title on Biggie. I know you you probably want to build them up for bigger, better things later on in the year. Just have Biggie win the match, right? My lock of the night is Apollo Cruz winning the Intercontinental Championship. All right. We get the Fiend with Alexa Bliss taking on Randy Orton. What are you expecting in this match? Cinematic, full fledged in ring. Cinematic. Definitely match. Okay. Full cinnamon match. A full cinnamon cinematic match with a little bit of live action. But, but, but hear me out. Hear me out. Will Randy Orton's wife, Kim, be involved? Because you want to see Randy Orton's fiery wife attack Alexa Bliss because of the sexual pin from last month. Yes. I think it would be money to have her rip Alexis heads off or something like that. But, but hear me out though, too, her literal head, like decapitates I mean, her. I mean, that's illegal, but I'm just saying though, like maybe this is the way you can kind of, I mean, I know every, you're probably going to shit on me for this, but every, you know, it maybe be the way to get her snapped out of whatever the fiend has her under is to have Kim come and beat the shadow of her or something like that. I'm intrigued to see what they do with this match for kind of all the wrong reasons, because they've done so much shit with this feud for the past few months. And now they get on the big stage of WrestleMania. We saw the warm projections last time they had a match at mania. We had the, uh, the semen entrance for Randy Orton. 
interested, but not excited for this match. I'm going to go with Randy for the win. Dominic? And I'll just fade you. I'll go with uh, The Fiend. All right, we get the last two matches. I think we know what the main event is going to be, but just officially, Dominic, do we have a double women's main event or is it going to be the triple threat for the Universal title? It's going to be the triple threat, baby. So, Asuka, the champion, takes on Rhea Ripley for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Rhea turns on Asuka during a tag team title match because women can't get along, Dominic. Of course. Do you see Rhea Ripley coming in, getting the win, putting the title on her, right and wrong from last year, or does Asuka continue her reign? I really want Asuka to continue just because of the fact that she lost to Charlotte what, a couple of WrestleManias ago, so I really want her to retain, so I'm going to go with Asuka. I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley, and I think we see Becky Lynch uh, on Monday. This is, We don't get a public screw job, as Dominic is hoping for. Mm. But I'm gonna go with the Rhea Ripley. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, you you can have Asuka win and have Becky on Monday, and Becky's like, "Hey, I didn't lose that. Give it back to me." And then she's like, "No," and then fight. I, I mean, you can go either which way. I'm excited to see what these uh, women can do. Possibly uh, better, but I know high stakes, high expectations for both the women's matches, Dominic's. But which one do you think is be better? Do you think it's gonna be? Uh, Banks and Bellar just because it's the main event? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Then in the main event, main event, second night, Roman Reigns defends the Universal Championship against Edge and Daniel Bryan. I thought, you know, easy riding Edge babyface against the top heel Roman Reigns, but no, Daniel Bryan withers, slithers, dithers, bars his way into the Universal title match. I'm excited for the match because I think it's going to be really, really good. Edge might have to, you know, get carried by both of these guys, but it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd response is to Roman and Edge. I think Daniel Bryan, we kind of know what we're going to get from him, but what are you expecting in this match and who walks out the champion? Well, I'm expecting a decent match. I'm not going to say it's going to be, you know, one of the main events to remember. It's going to be a decent match. Um, It's going to be people half boo half cheering roman it's gonna be people booing edge and it's gonna be people cheering brand brandon no brian daniel brian um i think brian, i think your real best friend yes um <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna go with i i don't want to say it but i'm gonna fucking say it because i feel like it's gonna happen daniel brian's gonna win the championship just because you know it actually no yeah fuck it i'm going with roman reigns he's gonna retain because he's a heel, he's head of the table. Roman Reigns always goes over, especially at WrestleMania. I agree with you. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. I think he will get some cheers uh, from the crowd. And if they were going to go with Daniel Bryan or Edge to win the championship, why don't you just have a singles match? Why didn't you just have Daniel Bryan win the Rumble? Just have Edge be a singles match against Roman. I know he's a little old, might not have the wind to have a marquee WrestleMania half hour long match. But that being said, with the way everything is ruled out, continue with Roman. He's been doing fantastic things. And then finally, Dominic's overall, I know Mr. X kind of talked about your excitement, but with crowds being back, any, is there any like, you know, reception, any person, cause it's been an entire year for the most part. We're, we don't know how crowds are going to react. We have our own personal feelings about the wrestlers, but is there kind of um, like a, like Roman Reigns that's out there, Drew McIntyre 
It's been a full year. We don't know how people are going to react to him. Bobby Lashley has been a cool heel. Like, what are you looking at for the crowd and how they're going to react to some people? I think they're going to be, it's going to be the normal in a sense that we've seen from years past people. Some people love Roman. Some people hate him. Drew was hot at a certain point. I think it's going to carry over. I don't think, um, I mean, yes, it is, you know, this big old arena stadium with half of the capacity they want, but it is WWE. I think the fans will be loud. They'll make their voices heard. Um, I really do hope that it, I, I, I don't fan WWE fans mainly are notorious for ruining shows. I don't think being the first live show back, they're going to ruin it, but I do hold a little piece of me that's going to be like somebody's going to start chanting something stupid and it's going to make the show stupid and it's going to hurt the match itself. So I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be a great, you know, a great, you know, first live show. Got to agree with you. I'm more excited for the fans being back more than anything. I know, you know, maybe the capacity is a little too much. I'm not going to talk about all that, but WrestleMania weekend, there's some other indie shows going on. If you want to go check those out, check those out. NXT takeover was amazing. No more Wednesday Night Wars, but we will continue to still cover NXT and AEW on the show. That being said, thank you all very much for tuning in. If you want to send in a question via the email, like Mr. X does, Curveball and CS at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Curveballs and CS. we got a link tree in the description. It's going to take you to all the social medias, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. And for Dominic and the studio audience and the big dog and the little dog and the mailman and my mascots and everybody. And my, and my full, my clothes being all folded up. You, you folded them all. You I put folded them, them all up. You just kind of fold them and just stuff them back on the uh, laundry. Well, no, they're, they're on the bed. They're on the bed. But for Brandon, for Chips Ahoy, goodbye, McGangbangs. Right? There you go. Goodbye, good night, and uh, McGangbangs. <laughs> With a nigga like me, D to the M to the X. Last I heard, that niggas was having sex with the same sex. I show no love to homo thugs. Empty y'all below the throw most slugs. How you gon' explain fucking a man? Even if we squash the beef, I ain't touching your hand. I don't fuck with chumps. For those that been to jail, that's the cat with the Kool Aid on his lips and pumps. I don't fuck with niggas that think they bras. Only know how to be one way, that's the dog. I know how to get down, know how to bite. Bark very little, but I know how to fight. I know how to chase a cat up in a tree. Man, I get y'all niggas to finish for fucking with me. Is she crazy? Dust to dark, uh, 
time belongs to the dog On the street past midnight, look for him in the mall Don't play with these cats, cause I ain't got nothing to say to these cats For the mothers that really do love them, please pray for these cats Cause I know niggas is hard-headed, but I ain't got the patience Don't want me having no patience, turning to more patience More chance to ICU, cause ICU Trying to get away with shit a real nigga wouldn't do When my dog's at, see them niggas? Get them boys, that's how we do Yeah, this is for my dog, this is for my dog Yo, where we at baby? From then till now, don't ask me how Know that we gon' roll like the niggas in the egg block on the show Stop niggas like grapes making wine Five CDs with mad rhymes Don't hit me with that positive shit I know you lying You really wanna stop niggas from dying? Stop niggas from trying Cause I ain't really got that time to waste And I thought I told you to get these fucking bums out my face Looking at you in the grill, it might be nice to cut Once I split your ass in two, you'll be twice as much Yeah, you right, I know your style pussy Cause I'm fucking it Since we all here, you hold my dick while he's sucking it Motherfucker, don't you know you never come near me Shove your head up your ass Have you seen shit him? Why see you